Um, just here with my good friend John Collins, and we're going to be speaking about confidence and self-belief in the game. And, and as we're speaking about just a minute ago, John, you know, just all, all, off air thing, where, where do you think confidence and self-belief comes from? Where would you say? Well, I can, I can speak from a, a personal point of view. Um, yeah. People have always asked the question to me, where do you get confidence from? I think confidence comes from being prepared 100% prepared mm. in every angle, every aspect mm. of your pre profession from a footballer's point of view. Yeah. What is, what is pre prepared? You've got a game on Saturday. The preparation starts on the Sunday or the Monday. Mm. Have you done everything, every minute of every day to prepare for that Saturday 90 minutes to get confidence? Now, what gives you confidence? Knowing you're the fittest you, fittest you can be. Right? That's your first target as a professional footballer, stroke, athlete, combine, because that's what you are. You're an athlete and a football rolled into one. Mm. Technical, physical machine, that's your target. Mm. So have you trained properly all week, done your extra, done work on your weaknesses if you're, if you're a little bit weaker on your right foot, have you done extra work? Have you done extra work in the gym to strengthen yourself up? Training's finished, do you refuel correctly? Mm. Everybody talks about food, nutrition, absolutely vital. Water, do, are you rehydrated after training? Have you drank enough water? Have you ate well? Mm. Next, have you rested correctly? Mm. Have you had a good night's sleep? Are you up at one o'clock in the morning or are you in bed at 10 o'clock getting a good 10 hours sleep ready for the next day? So I think that's the starting point. Confidence, mm. confidence comes, you're in that tunnel on the Saturday, big match, you're looking across at your opponents, mm. you're walking out and you're thinking, I've done everything mm. to prepare for this. Mm. I believe in myself, I believe in my fitness, I believe in my skill. And that's, that's what I think gives me the yeah. confidence. Yeah. So having the tools. And then, if, of course, you've got to be able to use the tools in the heat of the battle. Yeah. And there's confident talkers that never produce. Mm. We see them all over the place. They're great talkers. Um, but in football and professional sport, you've got to produce in front of an audience. There's no hiding place when you walk on that pitch. You're judged by everybody. Opponents are trying to take the ball off you. Opposition fans, media, so you're there, there's no hiding place. Mm. So, confidence is vital. Um, yeah. And the secret is having that confidence, and even when your, your form dips a little bit, yeah. maintaining that confidence in the difficult periods when you're, when you're not playing so well, your passes aren't reaching their target, your shots aren't hitting the back of the net. But I always think when it's not going your way, the ugly side of the game, you've got to keep at winning tackles, chasing. And then the fans stay with you. You give the ball away, opposition break, you sprint and chase, give it 100% mm -hmm. to try and win it back. You get a cheer from the fans. And that gives you confidence that way. Some players, it's not going their way. All oh, their hands go up, bad body language, don't have an instant reaction to sprint it back and try and win it. The fans get on their back yeah. and it becomes even worse. So these are things that I have always tried to work on myself and I've always told my players I've worked with this is what will happen and this is how you should react uh, to maintain that confidence. I think that's a great point isn't it? I heard Angelo Dundee, Muhammad Ali's famous trainer speaking about and he said exactly the same thing and he said um, Ali was the first person in the gym, last person out. You know he yeah. said he just worked on and Ali said how can I lose with what I use? You know he put everything in. Work preparation was everything. 
It is, and that's it. If you're prepared better, working longer, smarter, harder than the opposition, you're going to get ahead. Mm. But make no mistake about it, the confidence does drop a little yeah. bit, yeah. and performance drops no matter who you are. Nobody's superhuman. Mm. But I always think the confidence can drop, but the work ethic never drops. Mm. And that's the, that's the big key. Mm. And that's where a lot of players sometimes let themselves down. The work ethic drops. And in my profession, you see it a lot away from home. Mm. Players work harder at home because you've got the home fans mm. that will give them a stick and push them on. But when they're away from home, certain clubs don't take a big support and you hardly see here that the away fans. Mm. Sometimes the work ethic drops away from home. Mm. Hence, results are poorer often away from home. So that's a, an, another great point about, you know, I always think confidence is always what you focus on as well, isn't it? Because it always dips. If it's sometimes it'll dip because you focus on, like you said, if you focus on what you haven't done or you haven't prepared, there might get a dip. And then you're talking about the external thing. If you're going away from home and you're relying on the home crowd and it's not there, you might get the wobble. As a coach, when you as a coach, how do you think you can help your players be confident? You know, what, what would be the advice you give to any, play, any coaches to help the well, players? First, as a coach, your responsibility is, is make sure the sessions and the content yeah. uh, duration of your sessions mm. is getting everything out of the players, pushing them to their limits. Mm. So, obviously, a big part of a coach's job is on the training pitch. And, it's, of course, it's talking to them, showing them videos of their good play, their skills, their strengths, their goals. And then you've also you've got to talk to them about the weaknesses, what they've got to work on. And I think you've got to get that balance right when you're showing players videos, individual videos, one-on-one -on -one in your office. Uh, I often do it, cut, cut parts of games up and speak to players and say, there's, there, there's a group of good things you did and here's the other things that weren't so good. And I always ask the players, what do you see in that situation? Why did you make that pass? Why did, why did you not make that pass? Was your reaction good enough to try and win it back? And I think showing players the images of the good and the not so good, I think it's a great help, and to help for them to analyse themselves. But knowing that they've got the confidence in me, behind them, the coach, they've got to know that the coach trusts them is there to help them and to push them. Um, and I think players react to that when they watch their yeah. selling video it's a great tool for a coach and a manager a video there's no hiding in a live video um, and it's important players see it and it's important to see the, the good and the not so good yeah. yeah sometimes players love seeing themselves scoring goals and and making goals but they don't like when they've made a bad pass or they haven't released the ball quick enough for their teammate or they've been too greedy shooting yeah. from a bad angle yeah. when they should never have shot yeah. that that's all part of the learning process when you watch something. Because the good thing about football, you go straight back onto the training pitch the next day. And you don't just have to wait till the next match. It's the next training session. You get to work on these little weaknesses you've got. No, no, just a match. You've got to work Monday to Friday to put it right. And then it happens on the Saturday. I think that's just such a great message and I agree with you totally. And, you know, we're recording this with the break, obviously, about what's happening. And, you know, I encourage everyone, all the players that I've been involved in just now is, is when you're not playing, get that video clips out on your phone and watch yourself. You know, you can't, it's just such a, technology is great just now, isn't it? You can use that just now 
to fire yourself up, even though you're not playing, isn't it? And I, it's great to hear you say how important that video is for players. You know, you didn't have that 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Well, you never, you had a coach talking to you and, and telling you things and you're like, mm, I'm not so sure. But when a coach is telling you and the video is showing you, it's just there for you. Wow, it's a fantastic learning tool to make you better. And this, this period when players are off, it's what's called, I call self-training is mm. massive. You've got team training that the coach does, but often it's what you do extra after training. Are you still on the training pitch where the coach is in? Have you got a bag of balls? Have you asked the goalkeeper to stay out? Have you asked the winger to do some crosses for you in the box? Are you a defender? Have you asked the midfielders to clip it onto your chest, to take it to the side, play a pass with your right foot, take it on your chest, play with your right foot? Simple, basic football execution, what happens in a game and working it without a coach. You, you've got to, sometimes, players have got to think, I'm going to be my own coach. What am I not good at? A centre half. Why am I constantly heading the ball away? How many times can I arch my back, take it on the chest and play a pass to the fullback? Make me a much better player. Now I'm heading it. Oh, win your, win your duels. Well, if nobody's jumping with you, can you not take a step back, take it on your chest and keep the ball? All of a sudden you become a better central defender. Your, your rate of ball retention doubles. Often asked defenders under pressure, how often do you give the ball away? Do you check? Do you have somebody in the crowd, your family, counting how many times you give a ball away in a game? How many times you take it on your chest and retain position? Details, statistics, numbers. I always like going on numbers. Numbers are good, but a lot of players, they just play the game and they forget, or some coaches are lazy. They don't have in each individual player tagged. How do you need to improve? What do you need to do to get better? Your right foot, your left foot, take it on your chest, winning headers. And just now, everybody's at home. So the question is, who's doing the work on their weaknesses and their strengths in the garden with a ball, working on the right foot if you're a left footer? Just all you need is a wall. All you need is a wall and a bit of space to clip it 50 times up your laces, click it, clip it against a wall 100 times a day. All this time, and your first touch when it comes back to you, so you're working in your passing, you're working your first touch control. Is your first touch control right, left, or behind? Five, I always say there's five, five first touch controls direction you have to work on as a football player. The ball comes to you on your feet, you take it right, you take it left, you take it straight forward, or you take it back behind you. That's it, so five touches. Every single Premier League player just now can be working on that themselves hundreds of times a day, and they're going to come back better players, first touch. Some are, some are, are a little weaker physically. Great opportunity working your upper body strength, your size, your power, knowing that you've, you've got to get a rest day the next day if you want. So players should be getting bigger and stronger during this time yeah. and better. Not but yet. some will be doing it. Some will be doing it. The ones that are as we always talk about, the gross mindset. Yeah. How do I get better? What do I need to do to get better? Always asking that question in the mirror. The mirror. Yeah. That's where you ask your question. I was talking about that, you know, you're saying the decisions you make. I, I've seen your videos in the garden for the, the Corvette, and that's what really strikes me. You know, when you're doing the touches, John, because I think, A, what you were speaking about earlier, isn't it? Work rate is one thing we can always control. Anyone, you know, it, it, that's within your control. One thing I've noticed, certainly watching you play and doing the Corvette drills you're doing, your attention to detail on the ball and your foot is so precise. 
isn't it? Have you always had that attention to detail? I think I don't know if that, I don't know if I've always had it, but I I know and I've known from a young age. It's mm. about the details that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah. I was always told if you if you do something, you do it right. Yeah. You do it hundred mm. percent, and you're not going to be great at it straight away. Nobody becomes great over a short mm. period, but you improve every single day if you put in the touches, mm. especially when it comes to ball mastery, change of direction, moves. Again, you're you're working yourself with the ball. Nobody's judging you. No, you're just judging yourself. Yeah. And the judgment comes when all of a sudden you've been working in the garden without ball your feet and then all of a sudden you produce it again and you create a bit of space and you play a killer pass and it's a goal. That's when the, that's when the feeling comes. You know what? All that work in the garden, just me and the ball, yeah. pays off. And I think that if there's something I, was, I would try and push towards players, professional players, is start spending a little bit more time home training yourself. Yeah rather than depending at the training ground, because everybody's got a garden. Most players have a garden. If you know a garden, you've got a, a bit of uh, car park in front of you. But you'll be surprised how, how very few professional football players will touch a ball away yeah. from the training ground. But they shouldn't. I think you're a, you're a 24-hour football player. Yeah. Not, just a, not just an hour and a half or a two-hour football player at the training ground. And the beauty of playing with the ball in tight situations, the curve of the ball mastery is you can do it in a, in a, in a tight situation. You can do it in, your, in front of your television at night. Um, and I think that's, that's where we, we can get better as a nation, as players. Yeah. Sometimes we just think, oh, it's just the forwards that have to have that rubbish. Yeah. Defenders need ball mastery, change of directions to get themselves out of a sticky situation, a tight situation. And that's where the confidence comes, knowing that I've got the tools, I'm being pressed in a tight situation, players coming at me from all angles, and I've got the, the tools to get out of that situation. Yeah. It's the greatest feeling in the world, being able to know that I want pressed. I want to be pressed in a tight situation because I'm going to get it past them, and I'm going to, the game's going to open up after that. So clubs, directors of football, academy directors, Everybody associated with the clubs, can we develop more skillful, creative football players? And the answer is yes. And the question is, do we have to, to get better? Of course we've got to get better. We haven't been in a World Cup for 22 years. Nothing to do with bad luck. Nothing to do with bad luck. Do we more quality, ball mastery work? training on the pitch, and of course, gym work, fitness work, speed work, because it's a combination of everything. And as I spoke a little bit in the video, we have to teach young kids from a young age, good habits, as I say, scanning. We've got to understand. Oh, yeah. Skills here, but up here, the brain, the eyes, you've got to be scanning, looking for space, opponents, teammates. Too often I see players, their heads there, but the best players, and the best teams throughout the world, their heads are constantly, too often, I go to Scottish games and I see heads, maybe that, and I see players up against opponents. The whole game, everybody's matched up. They're not moving in between players to receive it. Mm -hmm. So we've got to teach moving, receiving, in between players. Mm -hmm. And when you watch the best teams in the world, the Paris Saint-Germain's, the Barcelona's, the Manchester City, Sometimes you don't see hardly a tackle. Or you don't see yeah. a lot of contact because no. the players move and receive it in between players. Yeah. Um, 
that's what we've got to constantly teach our young players from a young, a very young age. Yeah. I remember you telling me one of the one of the first times when you went to Monaco and you were out in training and and one of the first training sessions you couldn't really tell who was the defender and who was the striker if you closed your not closed your eyes if you looked at them because they were all technically as good. hundred percent. When I when I went to Monaco, I didn't know any of the players yeah. because of the French football on the television. Mm. It's, I went to the training and I was like. Everybody can deal with the ball in tight situations, boxes, possessions. They were all technically good. Uh, and that was, that's, they weren't born that way. They were worked on the training pitch from a young age to become actually proficient players. Um, whereas sometimes in Scotland, no, no disrespect, sometimes you just, you, you get a professional contract, stay in the team because you're physically, you're aggressive, you header it, but you're not technically good. You don't keep the ball back they stay and get a 15-year career just for being good at that. So as a country, we've got to get better defensively, using the ball and being more technically gifted. Because for my, me, it always starts at the back. That's your first phase one, building from the back, through midfield and up to the striker. Uh, that's the foundation. Um, and that's what the best nations in the world do. So again, no, I don't think that I'm hearing saying anything. And, and I often hear people or lo people looking for magic bullets, isn't it? There's no magic bullet. It's hard work. Be curious about how good you can be and practice as well, isn't it? There's the learning from the best. Yeah. When you're watching Manchester City, you're watching Bayern Munich as a young player or as a young professional player. You've got to watch the player in your position. You don't just watch the game as a supporter and a Champions League night yeah. away there Thursday. You're watching them as, as a student of the game, yeah. trying to learn from the masters in your position, how they move, where they receive it, how they receive it, when do they release it, yeah. watch their heads, as I keep telling you. Again, coaches, um, academy directors, you've got to be pushing your players. Make sure you're watching yeah. that Bayern Munich Chelsea game tonight. I'm going to be asking you about it in the morning. I'm going to be asking yeah. about the player that plays in your position. Yeah. What did you notice about? You've got to copy, copy the best, learn from the best. Mm. They're the best because they've worked mm. on the technical side of the game and the physical side of the game. Mm. Combination Brilliant. of both. Brilliant. So I learn from the best, best. practice, keep yes. you know, hard work. You said no magic bullets, just go out and, and be curious yep. about yourself as well and strengths and weaknesses. Exactly. And uh, it's, that's the fun part. As a young football player, you're constantly getting better mm. if you're doing the work. Yeah. And you feel, as every month goes by, you feel, this is, football's more fun when you've got more technical skills. Because mm. then you can control the opponents, you can control the game. Mm. So that's the fun part of thinking, how good can you get? Don't just think, I'm a professional. I'm playing at St. Milton, I'm playing at yeah. Dundee United. You've got to aim high. You've got to dream of playing yeah. for the big boys. But... Then, once you wake up in the morning, you've got to think, right, I've got, how do I get that dream to become reality? Brilliant. And it's hard, hard work, but fun work. You've got to yeah. enjoy what you who can't, who, who can't enjoy being at a good training ground all day? Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many clubs with good training facilities. Um, you don't want to be leaving at one o'clock. You want to yeah. be staying there all day. Brilliant. Well, that's some great messages there, John. Uh, thanks very much for your time. 
And uh, brilliant.